Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are delighted you're choosing to join us today. Got some good stuff for you. Uh, my name is Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And Joel and I are going to talk about witnessing today, witnessing particularly to folks in performance-based religion. Joel has been doing this for how long, Joel? Oh man, probably somewhere between 35 and 40 years now. If you count before I was doing it officially with IRR, I was engaged in that sort of, those sort of conversations. Yeah, way back. So. And me, maybe a dozen years now, maybe not quite that long. Um, Both of us have talked to hundreds of Mormons, at least probably over the years and not just Mormons, but other people who are seeking Jesus. And so we're going to talk about um, how to love someone enough to share the gospel with them. Yeah. And specifically, um, what often comes up, and I've asked this question, seminars, conferences, and stuff that I've done all over the world. So it doesn't matter language, doesn't matter culture. Um, Everybody has the same thing. And almost always, when it comes to engaging with somebody of a different faith or a different culture that has like a different religion affiliated with it, the number one issue is fear. It's fear of not knowing what to say, fear of you're going to say something that's offensive, fear of representing your own faith wrong and saying something heretical, leading something, leading somebody astray, um, fear of just a confrontation, fear of potentially somebody else's anger, the conflict. And so what I want us to talk about in the next couple episodes, um, this is based on an article that's on the IRR website still. It's called Five C's, letter C, of Interfaith Intercultural Engagement. And so these are just five areas that as you engage in this will help really bring down that fear factor and give you. A, so I'm what I'm going to do is I'm just going to list what the five are to start with and then just have us dialogue because I'm sure you've encountered these. Um So the first one is, the first C is confidence. Confidence in the Holy Spirit, not ourselves, because the Holy Spirit's got this and he's in us. And so we've got this. Um, The second one is curiosity about others. Um, I'm interested in you relationally because of who you are, not because of your beliefs, not because of your background, just because you are another person made in the image of God. The third one is caring, caring about their story. Everybody has a story. And so what I want is I want that I want it to be that your human experience evokes empathy in me. So there's something in your story that I can relate to. And that draws me in um, toward you. The fourth C is clarity. Need to have clarity on the human condition. So I can not only relate to your story, but I can explain it in light of the bigger story, the larger narrative that encompasses creation and fall that encompasses the human condition, regardless of whatever culture or religious background we both come from. And then the final C, the fifth one is competence. Um, 
because I've done some study, because I've done some background, then I'm competent to articulate and apply the gospel to your situation where it's at. And that doesn't mean necessarily that I come on like gangbusters and I try to force a conversion, but I'm able to speak into your human experience and hopefully maybe give you a different, broader context. So those are the five C's, confidence, curiosity, caring, clarity, and then competence. And so when those are motivating and informing our relationships, if that's where we're coming from, then we're mostly just relating to somebody else at a very um, human, peer-to-peer, image-bearer-to-image-bearer relationship. And that lets us not be so afraid of the other stuff that might come in. And it doesn't mean that there isn't a potential for tension, but so that's the basis. So um, I just want to say to people out there that that flutter in your stomach, that little bit of nervousness will not go away. It just happened to me yesterday. I had a guy who was walking down the street, helped me unload some drywall from my van. And um, we got done. I thanked him, asked him his name, asked him if he was like from the neighborhood. I'd never seen him before. He said, oh no, I'm from, um, you know, several miles down the road. I was just here. I'm, I'm going up to catch the bus to head back. And I'm like, hey, as soon as this is unloaded, I'm heading back into work that same general direction. Do you want to ride? And he's like, um, okay, I'll take a ride rather than it's cold in Michigan. Um, and then just as we talked, um, he, we're talking about the human condition and I'm realizing, hey, there's a way to bring in the gospel. There's a way to bring in the bigger story. And so just in our 10 to 15 minutes drive, I did that. But even, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 plus years. I still feel that flutter in your stomach, that little catch, your heart starts to get a little bit faster, but I'm like, no, he's a fellow image bearer. All I'm doing is I'm sharing truth connecting with him. So I'm just saying that part will never go away. You will, I, hopefully you never have ice in your veins when it comes to relating to other people. Hopefully there's that loving, caring relationship. And with that comes sometimes some nervousness. But that takes us back to the first one, which is confidence in the Holy spirit. This is not your work. Your, your, your gift is to tell your story. Your gift is to tell people about him, but the consequences of those conversations and those plannings are not up to you. They are up to the Holy Spirit. And so it's not something that you need to sit and be nervous about, right? Right. So we have this connection with Jesus. We we have this direct relationship with God. We can simply go to prayer, just even in a moment and ask God, is this a good time? Is this the right person? Should I open my mouth? I mean, uh, we have guidance from the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and one thing I really learned after leaving Mormonism was that the Holy Spirit would bring me people who had a natural interest. And I don't see their hearts, so I don't know when the lady in the grocery store behind me might be interested in Jesus. And so I'm just open to always speaking about him and then not being afraid of rejection. Right. And that, I mean, and that is a lot of it. In fact, the number one fear when you talk to people, if they're honest about engaging these sorts of conversations is, well, I'm afraid I'm going to be rejected. It's not that we're seeking rejection, we're seeking conflict, but we also know 
I'm just going to be me and I'm going to accept you for who you are. And like you said, very often the Holy Spirit will bring those questions and, and questions are by far our best resource. They're our best yeah. tool. And so rather than making a bunch of assertions or maybe jumping on someone because they say something we, they say something we know is wrong, ask them a question. And I find myself praying a lot. Holy Spirit, give me questions. Holy Spirit, please give me good questions to ask so that I engage people from the point of view of a question. And I, and I do that because I want to learn more about them. So in academia, we call that the Socratic method. It came from Socrates, right? Well, yes. originally mm-hmm. came from, from well, somewhere else. Right? Yes. But um, that means using questions to become to get to know people, to become interested in people. And the other thing I've learned to do over the years, I think, is use questions to figure out what they have questions about. Because that's where people are gonna engage when they've got some conundrum or some question or something they don't quite understand. And you might have an experience or you might know a scripture or you might know a person that had been in that situation that then that can be helpful in moving them toward believing that Jesus might be an answer. Right. Which brings us right to the second C because the second C is curiosity. It's having that um, redemptive divine curiosity. I'm curious about who you are. So I want to know what's important to you. I want to know what concerns you. If you are maybe hostile or antagonistic to Jesus or the Judeo-Christian faith, then I'm not put off by that. I'm interested in knowing why. Why is that? And so it's saying, I'm interested in you relationally and culturally. So I want to know about who you are. I want to know about where you came from. So if our main motivation as we engage with someone is to get to know them better, then our agenda is not conversion. We're not trying to convert them or convince them to a particular point of view, but it's connection fueled by exploration. And so we're on a mission to simply know this amazing person who's in front of us, who is an image bearer of God. And I think a lot of times simply, and people, people can tell, well, I can say, I can tell if I'm talking with somebody and I'm talking with someone who I can tell is generally interested, genuinely interested in me. Glad I don't have to say that three times fast. (laughs) I'm drawn to them and I can tell, I can tell a person who's talking to me because they want to really know more about me and my story and someone who's only asking questions because they've got somewhere they want to go and they're looking for the first opening in something I say so they can jump to what they want to deal with. And that's manipulative. So yeah, that kind of divine redemptive curiosity that says, I care about you as a person and I want to know about you for who you are. So my favorite question to open a conversation with is, do you mind if I ask you a question about your faith? Because some people are more than happy to step into that. Right. Other people, not so much. And people can just say no. And then that's the end of it, right? Right. But typically, people will say sure. And yeah. certainly with, with Mormons who are strong in their faith, they're more than happy to talk about their faith. And so... 
you need to know where someone is with their faith, what kind of things they do believe, what kind of questions they might have, right? And right. That's a personal interest that you have to have if you're going to form a relationship. And certainly for me, it was such a process over time, right, that I had to have lots of interactions with the Holy Ghost, with other Christians, with the Bible, in order to make this slow progress toward truth. Exactly. And so that desire for relationship actually will end up creating, I mean, you'll find yourself asking questions, you find yourself caring and curious about the person. And then as they're drawn out, even if they initially say, well, no, I really don't want to talk about my religious faith. I just really don't get into discussions about religion. It's like, okay, that's cool. That can be a really touchy subject. Um, some people have had a, a abuse in that area in their background. And so I totally respect that and say, so um, what are you passionate about? What, what do you really care about in this world? What is it that's worth your time and attention? And what you will often find is because we are people who are whole creatures and the spiritual dimension of us cannot be separated or totally eliminated, sooner or later as you engage, some of that's going to come back around. Um, but even if it doesn't in that conversation, what you've shown is, hey, I respect you. I honor you. I care about who you are as a person. I don't have a religious agenda for your life. And I think it's okay to ask people, so if you have a problem with evangelical Christians, right, what is it that bothers you, right? Um, are you willing to talk about that? Help me to understand that. We just seem to shy away altogether from folks that aren't like us and that folks might not like us, right? right. But all of us were enemies to God when we started out. We exactly. were all in that place. And someone reached in and was kind enough to kind of bring us along. Right. And let's face it, there's been just as much abuse religiously, spiritually within the confines of Christianity as there has been elsewhere. Um so no religion has the corner on the abuse manipulation market. There have been people who have used Christianity and, and to their own ends and terms. And so we need to be honest enough about that that's happened and caring enough about the person that they've experienced that to, to I don't know, um, enter into that and be able to, you know, own in the bigger picture yeah, Christians aren't perfect either. Christians um, are still fallen, broken people. Uh, we're just looking to Jesus for help with our fallenness and our brokenness and hoping that the Holy Spirit brings some degree of healing and wholeness over time. But it doesn't happen overnight. I, I think it's helpful for Christians to be familiar with some of the arguments, with some of the criticisms. Right. And then no scripture so that you know what God has to say on that topic. And then certainly you're not going to slam people with, well, God says this. I suggest just pointing people to the word. Right. And sometimes they need to know exactly where to go in the word to read about what the God of the Bible might think about that yep. rather than having these um these wrong ideas about faith. 
in Revelation, it says, right, we overcome the devil by um, the blood of the lamb. Yes. And the word of our testimony. So the blood of the lamb is so that people understand that they're sinners, that they need a savior, that Jesus took their whooping on the cross, that you can make him the master of your life, just the basic gospel. And then the second part of that is your testimony. Your story is very specific, similar to some people's, different than other people's, and certainly will resonate with people. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's right. something to tell. That's right. what God gave you was your story from here to here. And so I, I recommend Christians practice being articulate about who you were before Christ, who you are after Christ, what's different, right? right. How your thinking changed, how your relationships changed, and being able to articulate that in a way that's positive. Right. And you don't sugarcoat your own sinfulness. I mean, yeah. be open and upfront, be authentic about yeah. just how broken our broken is. And sometimes mm -hmm. still is because there are still issues. I mean, I came to faith when I was seven years old, backyard Bible club. That was when I went, wow, at seven, I am not a follower of God. I want to do my own thing. I recognize my own sinfulness. And at seven, obviously I hadn't done anything, a huge amount of heinous, but I knew and so at that point, I said, okay, I need salvation. I, if this is a gift, I am going to take it. In those, can I do the math? Okay, seven. <laughs> so I'm, 60, I'm 61 now. Um, and loving being in my prime, finally. Um, I keep wondering, when when do you stop feeling like a kid? Um, I remember <laughs> asking my mother-in-law this back like <laughs> two decades ago. And she says, I don't know. I still feel like a kid at times. So I still struggle with sinful patterns with thoughts, with stuff being triggered, with mm. being relationally unkind. Um, so it's not like that all goes away. Now, hopefully there's progress, but I think the worst thing we can do is try to like pretend, well, now that I've met Jesus, everything's great. Now, now that I've met Jesus, everything's now in progress in the right direction, but the process is the goal. Um, and it's not until I finish up this earthly life and I'm finally ultimately perfected in Jesus that I get to get out of this mess. So I think sometimes just being honest with who we are and our own struggles, because as you and I have talked in other episodes, within, within performance-based religions, there's not very often that option for that authenticity about your brokenness. You need to act and perform and always keep up appearances that you've got it all together. And so I think that authenticity can be a draw to people because everybody knows their own brokenness. Well, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for a savior and a place to go with all of that. Right. Yeah. And, in, and, and thank God for the Holy spirit for insight in those things. Right. Too. I, I recall recently in the last couple of years, God brought to mind something that I was doing in my relationship with one of my kids that hadn't been positive for them, right? And yet I was totally unaware. 
And I, mm-hmm. I often think if I'd have stayed in Mormonism, I, I'd have been so unaware of so many things. And yet the Holy Spirit does the sanctification process with you. Right. And then once it's brought to my awareness, then you can do something to heal that or the Holy Spirit right. is bringing about healing in that. Right. right. And that's a good thing, even though it it's is. scary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's so much healing and depth and true intimacy that comes out of that sort of thing. Um, I have something on this curiosity um, that I want to share because it's a good technique to keep us from too quickly jumping back to our own story, because that could be the tendency as you're trying to pursue somebody else, because it can be a little bit uncomfortable. We're not sure what to do is to like ask them a question, then immediately jump into a like 10 minute dialogue about your own thing. And Mm -hmm. so here's what you do. Um, you go at least three deep with your questions. So when you ask a question and they answer, you find something in the answer that you want to follow up on and you ask a question about that. And when they answer that question again, you purposely look for something that's intriguing that you want to go deeper. And you ask a question about that question. So that's going three deep. Now, if you can go five deep, It's amazing where you can go in a series of five questions when you're pursuing the person, you're pursuing their heart truly because you care. So that's just, if like me, you're a person who struggles with, oh, wow, that happened to you. Well, that just triggered like 20 minutes of me talking about myself. And (laughs) we we don't want to do that. So that kind of going three deep, pursuing those questions with additional questions can really help keep the focus on the person. And it's amazing what you start to discover and what people then start to reveal about themselves. Because I think most people very seldom have that happen, that they're pursued to that degree as a person. And you've done that so well on the podcast. Um, Folks who are listening for the first time should go back to some of our interviews where Joel will go deep and deeper and deeper. And it almost looks like you're chasing a rabbit hole, but it often takes them to a place of vulnerability, right? And and if, we're, if what we want, I mean, because what Jesus was about in his relationships, he was about life transformation. And life transformation happens when we're aware of our own needs and we invite Jesus into that. But until we're aware of what even we're struggling with, we're not going to deal with it, let alone invite supernatural intervention into that. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Lynn. You've done the same thing. It's been why doing the podcast together has been such a delight. Um, It's been fun to pursue other people and then hear their stories about how amazing God has been. Well, we've got about another couple minutes of this podcast. Any final comments on these first two Um, Well, actually, this is like kind of the first three. So the um, confidence in the Holy Spirit, that's why we do this, because we trust the Holy Spirit's got it. This curiosity about another person. So we're actually pursuing them as a person. And then this caring enough about their story to actually pursue their story, to pursue them as a person, to not immediately make it about us. Um, I've actually learned some of these things from you by doing the podcast with you over the years. I was very reluctant to step in 
in the beginning, right? Because <laughs> even though I've been a Christian now, probably 16 years or so, I still feel like such a new believer, right? Like I don't have a seminary degree. Like, so um, partnering with you has just been so good with me, uh, for me, partly because the idea that we can be authentic and I can be authentic, right? And I can mm -hmm. say some of these things that are in my heart and you're okay with that. It, and then the audience, it, I think it's blessed by that kind of um, depth and authenticity and vulnerability. Um, and so I learned to just kind of go to some of those places <laughs> and be okay with that, which I could not have done probably with a different host. Uh, thank you for that. Well, you're so welcome. And I'm glad. Yeah, I don't know if it was ever intentional on my part, but I'm glad that that's been the effect. And um, and hopefully it's been an encouragement. Well, and I know, I know just from the comments we've gotten about the podcast and even people who've reached out to you, how much that authenticity and that transparency on your part has said, wow, if Lynn Wilder can be that open about that, then surely I can. So, yeah, it's kind of fun how the body works together. Um, so, it is so freeing to go to that place of authenticity. Yes. It's so freeing, and it, it really is healing for relationships as well mm -hmm. to be able to say, This is what I was thinking at that time, or I probably should never have done that. Right? Please forgive <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, hey, Lynn, um, great episode. So what we'll do in the next one is we'll cover the last two C's, the clarity on the human condition. And then how do we kind of have this competence to to bring the gospel to bear and not that we do that heavy handedly. So we'll look at that in the in the next episode. And yeah, and there'll be links in the show notes to the articles and other information. And obviously, you can always write uh, either Lynn or I via the podcast. So good. grace and peace to you my friend. Until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. <laughs>